I guess as we lead into it, I did just want to say I really do appreciate what you guys are doing. <laughs> I love your podcast. You two are hilarious. You have good chemistry together, like audio wise, at least. Um, you know, and just what you're doing is so meaningful because I feel like a lot of Christian dating stuff, like if you go on YouTube and you type in like Christian dating advice, it's just like two beautiful people talking about how easy their lives are and they're like, oh, I'm, I'm kind of spoiled. <laughs> Life is easy and fun and don't have stress. Don't worry. Don't, you know, and you guys are just like keeping it real. Like you guys are opening up your like yourselves to the world, giving real advice, um, real like practical advice for real human beings, not just like ukulele in the background, <laughs> YouTube infomercials kind of stuff. So I do commend you on that. You guys are doing really good stuff for people. Well, um, thank you. And I think we are live officially. So um, do you want to plug where people can find your podcast and how to find your podcast? And Go the ahead, hotline? Anna. Go ahead, Anna. <laughs> <laughs> She's so good at this stuff. <laughs> yeah, so we are the I Got Dumped podcast. Uh, we take a philosophic approach to relationships and breakups. And you can find us pretty much everywhere you listen to podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, we have a website, uh, igotdumpedpodcast.com. Uh, and our podcast is partially scripted and partially conversational. So you can find transcripts um, in our blogs on our website. And, um, and you know, of course, you can find us on Instagram at igotdumped. <laughs> oh yeah that's like a shocking name too like the name just really stands out like oh, okay we're about to get into something <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then so you're, I, think, you're... I, I think the name kind of comes from i had this joke um in my stand-up about um <laughs> about tiger king and i had <laughs> a punchline that i didn't really like and i was just i mean it took me a few months to try to rework it and then, I mean, I'm not going to tell the joke because I, I it, you know, it's weird because I'm not on stage, but um, essentially the joke was about getting dumped and I related it to um, missing work, kind of like how the, um, how that person had their arm ripped off and uh, <laughs> all that work or didn't miss work, went to work like a week later. And I just say like, I got dumped and took off more time from work. And I think that just kind of stuck in my head because when I thought about the podcast, that was like the first thing that came to me was I got dumped. Um, and then I just kind of ran it by Hannah. Hannah was with me uh, on our way to a show, a showcase I was doing in Huntsville. And um, I just kind of mentioned it to her and she just really took the idea with it and ran with it and really jumped on it and got really excited about it. And I, I, I've never done a podcast. I mean, I, I think I've been guests, I guess on a podcast, but it's a world I'm not too familiar with. Um, and Hannah's just really, worked really, really hard at promoting us and, and doing everything that we need to do and editing it and all of that. And um, it's so it's so cool because I can see how, you know, both of our personalities and our skill sets have come together uh, each week for this episode. For this I love podcast. that. <laughs> I love that. Well, you sound pretty natural. Is the stand up, the stand up careers and the experience helpful with all of that? I would say it's so, just, wouldn't you, Hannah? I think so. I think so. I think your um, stand-ups are a little bit more willing to kind of bear all or 
talk about themselves a little bit. I would say podcasting is a different medium, but you can see a lot of standups have been quite successful in podcasting. So I think that that, you know how to entertain, you know how to tell a story, you know, get to the point, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a big thing with standups is, you know, in our mind, there has to be a punchline. There has to be a surprise. So whenever you're aware of an audience, it's like, I have to give them, you know, a surprise in some way, whether it's, you know, a storyline or a plot twist or a joke, you know, even when we riff, I mean, we both, you know, I mean, I think we do a pretty good job of keeping it funny and because we're cognizant, like we got to make the punchlines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? I don't know. Is it, because it, sometimes it's like easy, it's, it's more difficult physically in the moment to like get on stage, hold a microphone and just either be loved or rejected by a room full of people. But on a podcast, it's different because you have to put those thoughts out without the feedback. Are you yeah. ever like worried, worried and conscious of that? Like you're, until you put it out there, you're not actually sure how people are reacting to you. Well, do you think one's easier or better, I guess? I mean, I think stand-up's kind of easier in that way because when her and I record, I mean, she's my audience. That's how I look at it. I'm <laughs> her audience, you know, and it's like, well, Hannah seems into it, so I guess... This is going to be good. <laughs> yeah, it's different with an audience. You have that immediate, you know, gratification, but also response. So you're like, okay, this is good. I can keep this this going. But with a podcast, it's just, I don't know how people do it by themselves without a friend. I really don't. <laughs> I feel like, am I bombing? I feel like I'm bombing. <laughs> Every week. That's how I feel every week. <laughs> like, am I boring? Is this too slow? Is this too, I need to stop like making weird fit, like gestures as I speak that don't match my tone or something, you know? Sometimes the video too, it's a little different. Podcasts, it's like, you can kind of be in your PJs in your room looking a hot mess. But uh, sometimes when you're doing like a live stream video feed, you kind of have to be on it visually and um, audibly. But yeah, both ways it's still don't, work. Don't you- yeah. Don't you find, Sean, too, that it sometimes you can't always be objective about your own content? Like we've had a, a times where we put out a podcast, and we're like, this is our best yet, but then it'll get the lowest mm-hmm. amount of listeners. Yeah. Do you ever feel like with your stream, you're like, oh, I don't know how I felt about that stream, but then you maybe get some really great feedback, you know, or, yeah, or other people lot. say that it really resonated with them. Yeah, that's kind of usually how it goes, I feel like. When you're like, man, this is my best stream ever. Like, that, that was a really yeah. good thing I just made. And then it's like, everyone doesn't really care about it. <laughs> you're like, oh, man. And then something you're like, man, that was dumb. I kind of want to delete that and redo it. Everyone's like, that was awesome. That helped change my life. Thank you, man. It's like, all right, yeah. I guess I can't hit that delete button, you know? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, but I wanted to ask you, um, who and where were you both in the year 2010? And... Where will you be in the year 2030? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> a 10-year rewind 20... and a 10-year fast, fast forward from today in your lives. 2010, I was, 2010, yeah. I was definitely in Toronto. Um, I was an actress in Canada. So I was, that would have been a year I was working on a television show. I'd be in Ontario and I probably spent a little bit of time in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Um, so that's where I was at in 2010. Um, and then what's 2030. Nova Scotia, Hannah, what's Nova Scotia? Is that in Canada or is that like another country? I always thought that was another country. 
It is another country because it's okay. in Canada. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a province on the east coast of Canada. Okay. Um, kind of up there near like in the uh, New England, uh, Rhode Island kind of vibe. Okay. Okay. But, uh, but north. Um, and uh, in 2030, I have no idea where I'm going to be. <laughs> um, but... Um, God willing, I'll have a 10 year old little girl uh, and uh, maybe more children. I don't know. Um, but hopefully, you know, with our family securely locked down in a nice house and just living the middle class dream, I suppose. <laughs> Love that. Um, so for me in 2010, and we have an episode that we've prepared for this. So 2010 is the year that I started doing stand up. Uh, so I had just gotten dumped. Um, <laughs> I noticed <laughs> what I, yeah. <laughs> like for me, what I've noticed is anytime I start a new project in my life or, or do something, it's because I just got dumped, mm -hmm. um, or in some way, whether it's a, a job, a relationship, um, just something didn't work out. Uh, it's interesting what I've done with rejection in my life. Um, but I, I had was seeing a guy who decided to to see another girl over me and I was heartbroken and I started writing a book and just compiling all of my stories of uh, my horrible dates. All this like called I should have ran. It was just memoirs basically. It wasn't very good. And uh, <laughs> you never know until you put it out there, though, right? You might... <laughs> I tried. Yeah, I tried. I sent it to like a publisher and he was like, ah, I can't oh, do no. anything oh. with this. Um, so then I, I went to LA that year for the first time with a couple of my friends and I just thought, man, it must be so cool to be in entertainment. I just feel like I'm missing out. And uh, I was a Hooters girl at the time. I'd been a Hooters girl for like five years at that point, I think. And um, I just, uh, I, I asked a friend, I told a friend, I went to LA and I came back and I wrote a bunch of jokes. And I recently just found uh, some of my jokes, the first jokes I ever told um, in preparation for our podcast. And I stumbled across them. I had have not seen them probably in 10 years. And, um, is, that so that was, is that a yikes? Yeah, I was really, I was Cringe. like, oh my God. <laughs> like I could never say this stuff again. Especially like, especially the Christian woman, like, oh. Yeah. Um, so then I get it. So I call my friend who um, was the uh, roommate of the guy who dumped me. I was friends with him. And I asked him to go with me to this open mic and I was just going to check it out. You know, I didn't want to um, venture and get on stage yet. I was, I was really like, I was outgoing, but I was like super hard on myself and was just like, I could never do that. And then he signed me up when I went to the bathroom and then I just <laughs> got on stage with my jokes and um just kind of never stopped and that was i think that was in like august of 2010 and wow. um i think i spent the rest of the year just kind of doing stand-up awesome. in like a, a smoky bar <laughs> back then you could you could smoke still inside bars which you can't really do here i don't think anymore you can um, in some places in nashville yeah, I think it's like it's up to the owner, and it's like you got to be 
it's got to be 21 and up, right? I don't know. Most bars are 21 and up, so I don't know what I'm saying. But I mean, it's legal if you don't get <laughs> caught always, you know? <laughs> if you're just, you know, confident enough and don't get caught, you can kind of do it. Um, what about in 2030? Where do you see yourself? I mean, I hope in 2030, I mean, I would like for us to still do the podcast. I don't, yeah. I think it's a great endeavor. Um, I'd like to be performing everywhere. I'd like, <laughs> I'd like to have, um, you know, like a show. I have an idea for a, a show I would like to do. Um, I'd like to write a book. I'd like to talk to people. I'd like to, um, I'd like to share my story with more people, especially, I guess, in the Christian community. I'm yeah. starting to get kind of an itch to do that, which I've never really had um, until like within the past year, I guess, since COVID hit. And um, yeah, I just see myself like really helping people and just getting out there and, and talking to people and uh, hopefully doing the Lord's work. That's what I would, that's what I would hope. <laughs> Love that. Love that. <laughs> um, some hard-hitting questions um maybe ooh, maybe ooh. maybe or maybe not i don't know we'll see okay. what is a woman and what is a man <laughs> hannah you go first <laughs> this is an either or you both don't have to answer but <laughs> wow sean uh what is <laughs> i guess and if you want to lead it into the next question is what are the proper roles for a healthy relationship and or marriage so what is well, a woman, what is a man, and then what is kind of the roles in a, in a good relationship, healthy relationship? Uh, well, you know, I'm married and um, I'm a Christian woman. So I, I do feel like um, there is a, uh, a biblical order to, to relationships. Um, I do feel like it is, um, it works best when there's mutual respect and where um, the man and the woman work together for the betterment of their family. Um, I think that, you know, if you have children, it's important for a woman to uh, take care of the children, um, to love the children, and that, you know, men can go out and work. And that's one way to do it. And I think there's different ways you can um, balance those things. Um, and, you know, I do believe that women are called to be submissive to their husbands, but submissive has sort of become a dirty word, you know, or a <laughs> misunderstood word yeah, because it's exactly. not like you just lay down and just do whatever your husband tells you to do because the Bible also says that the husband should treat his wife um, as he treats, as he loves himself. So yeah. the godly man is, is loving his wife the right way then um, you know, you're not submitting to someone lording over you or, you know, um, controlling you, you're, you're, you're trusting and respecting, um, you know, the head of the family. And so I'm speaking more in like, like familial terms. Yeah. Love that. Uh, yeah. And I just, I agree. I mean, I second everything she said. I, I think there should be an order. Um, I do think that the wife should be submissive. Uh, to her husband and the husband is the head of the household absolutely I think that's where things get really messy for a family is when the wife uh, tries to control and because um, women for some reason were kind of made like that I mean you even see that with Abraham and Sarah you know God said wait and Sarah was like no 
go hook up with her, you know, like <laughs> we'll, we'll take it into our own. And like, that's not the way it's supposed to be. And, and I think that, you know, like that's a, a story in the Bible that's in there for a reason. I mean, for multiple reasons, but you know, um, women, we do need to step back definitely in, in relationships let the man lead. And I want to be led. I don't want to be the one that has to make all the decisions all the time. I mean, I don't, I think that God just made us in a way to want to be led and to crave that and um, look up to men a little bit and admire them. And um, yeah, it's just, it's a shame because it's, it, it isn't like that. And I think I see that that has destroyed families when the woman tries to control everything. Yeah. And, and that said, too, I mean, you know, for me personally, that the, the problem I run into being Christian is that I'm human. And so, you know, with even in my own marriage, it has been very difficult for me to kind of transition into that more domestic role. And I, I don't mean difficult, like I couldn't do it, but it's not like, oh, you've just decided something and now it's easy. I mean, you know, I was uh, an actress and a career woman for my entire 20s. And then I got into a relationship and married and starting a family now with my husband. And so there's a lot of tug and war involved in that. And I think it's important for, um, for especially with the messages that we get from mainstream culture, like, you know, have, give yourself grace, pray and ask God to help you, you know, understand uh, what he's at, what, what his will is and what's good for you and what's good for your family because yeah you know, I'm certainly not the exemplar of this like I you know I you know probably the the arguments I get in the most with my husband is a clash of egos and a clash of um you know me wanting to do something my way you know so it's a real world active problem you know but having yourself fixed on um, the goal is helpful because you do inch slowly more towards it. I love that. All, all that being said though, and I'm going to, I'm going to take accountability here as a representative for the men out there, but are we failing women? Are men failing women and have men, have we abandoned our spiritual responsibilities in, I like, think so. in today? In, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think so. But, you know, um, I think, you know, a lot of men will say that they're Christian, but then they're they're not in the word and yeah. they're not they don't have the fruit to, to show that they're not. Um, you know, I see a lot of men that are overtaken by lust and um, when they go through breakups, blame the woman and not take into account. Well, you know, your your relationship was ungodly kind of I mean and both people are definitely responsible but again as a woman who's supposed to be submissive you know uh the man is supposed to be a little bit stronger I, I feel in that area to where you know we want to wait until we're married and instead of opening this door to so many other problems you know by going against the word of God and men also have a tendency to 
we are all affected by pride and ego. I mean, pride is something the, the Lord is working on with me right now as I speak to you. Uh, but I see in, in my personal life, a lot of men who are either striving to where they're so obsessed with their career and doing something and making something of themselves in this world that everything else just kind of falls by the wayside. And then I see the opposite where some men, they've just been babied their whole life and they just don't want to leave the home and leave, leave their parents home and do something for themselves themselves so it's like we've got to get to a balance here like we've got to get into the word of god we what is happening why aren't men why are men listening to so much music and watching so much um just stuff on netflix that's not good for our eye gates and taking that in and letting our minds be so clouded that when it comes to our relationships we're no longer the head of the household we're going to the world instead of the bible instead of instead of god that's that's what i see and that's what i see men failing us i mean i have friends who are christian men and, and they're great friends of mine, but you know, my choice to wait until marriage, they, they tell me I'm crazy, you know? And it's like, well, but you're a Christian, you know? What do you mean I'm crazy? What do you mean? <laughs> you know, like, this is what we are told. Why, this is what you were raised in, in church to believe. So now that you see that I'm doing it, what, why is it not okay now? Because it's 2021? Because that's all, that's all I can think of is just because, we're all sleeping with each other now. We're all, I mean, I, as a waitress, I wait on women and they're not even hardly wearing shirts. I mean, it's just like, and like, I know I worked at Hooters, but like when Hooters covers more than what you're wearing like, yeah. to a steak dinner, like, come on, girl, what, what is going on? But, you know, women feel as though they have to kind of present themselves in a way to get the guy. And that is through sex. And it's because our society is just like sex, 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 sex. And I think guys need to, I think guys need to really uh, stand up for the Bible and what it says and look at women as more than just sex. And just when the relationship doesn't work out, you know, consider the fact that maybe it's because you didn't wait and you rush <laughs> things in a, in a way that you weren't supposed to. Yes. Can I have you on every week to just uh, <laughs> get my male audience members in check? Because that was amazing. Yeah. I would actually really like that. I would love to get the men in check right now. <laughs> yeah, I just see. I mean, it's like all these problems. I So I'm in and around a lot of young men. And a lot of the complaints I hear are like young men complaining about women. Women this, women that, women this, women that. And I just keep like shrugging my shoulders and being like, because men. And kind of what you're talking about, like there's this spiritual order we're supposed to have. And when the men are weak and broken, it's like, of course, the women are going to act that way. You know, I hear yeah. men complaining about OnlyFans and like you're saying, like women acting scandalous or acting sleazy or whatever word you want to use. That's PC <laughs> for just inappropriate behavior by women. And what I see is a failure by men. Like they wouldn't they're just adjusting to the environment that men have created. You know, so like an OnlyFans account wouldn't exist unless man men are buying the subscription to the OnlyFans accounts. You know, yeah, that's <laughs> a really like, good point. Kind of like supply and demand, you know, in a weird way where it's like there would be no supply of degeneracy if there was no demand for the de degeneracy, and that falls on the men. Like that falls on us and our responsibilities. Yeah, so I mean, it's lukewarm, <laughs> lukewarm Christians, Sean, lukewarm yeah. Christians. I mean, we got to be on fire. And that's, that's yeah. the, that's the thing. And I think that COVID last year, I mean, I think it really, it should have woke up more Christians. Yeah. It, it should have set up fire in them. And it's, it's sad if it didn't do that to some people, but for some people, you know, I believe that they are, uh, you know, really taking this seriously as, 
you know, it's time for us to start living, start living like the Bible tells us to live because the, you know, the times are here. I mean, I go back and forth with it personally, but I'm uh, going to a church where I'm being led by um, being taught by someone who's very knowledgeable of the Bible. And it's like, you know, these times are, I mean, these are, these are the end times, whether it's the beginning of them or it's the middle of them, like we're in them, you know, what, why aren't you, why aren't you prepared for battle people? Yeah. And it is a battle, you know, it's a, it's a spiritual battle and, you know, the lusts of the flesh is not something new. The Kings of the old Testament, um, battled the lusts of the flesh. Many of them had concubines and, had children with many different women. Um, you know, Psalms was written by David and he, you know, notoriously, he, God loved him, but, you know, he struggled with these things. And I think that the Bible is such a great place to connect with real human experiences as they walk in their faith and their love towards God, but they battle with the flesh, you know? So I feel like, you know, definitely men um, are being attacked and women are being attacked and, and we're being attacked in different ways, you know? And I think that for me, I try, because I, I have my battles, I feel like it's important to pray for wisdom and discernment so you can see what is good and bad in your life, what, what's good and evil. And you have to be willing to hear the answer and apply it. You know, don't just be a hearer of the word and not a doer. Because yeah. you can know something's wrong, but you continue to, to do it because you like it. Because a lot of sin is enjoyable, you know, that's why they do it. So I, why we do it, you know, so it's, it's that discipline to ask for the wisdom, ask for the way to go and, and ask for the strength and the grace to change, to, to have a heart to change. You know, it starts on that kind of individual level. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love that. Well, here's yeah, because a... it's, it's, it's sad. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't believe, I think all men and women can have evil in their heart, but I feel like most people are just trying to get by and the world is tough. And so you fall into sin and disillusionment. And so you must pray. You have to ask God for strength and wisdom to get you out of that bondage. And it is a process. Both Ashley and I have gone through uh, many different kinds of strongholds, you know, and it's just, it's constant. And, and sadly, you know, we both found that, that the deeper you, you walk with God um, and the, and the more you, your, your faith strengthens, strengthens sometimes the more you're, you're spiritually attacked by the enemy. And, and so it's, it's a, it's a, it's a day-to-day -day spiritual battle. Absolutely. Yeah, that sin, that fun, that fun from sin, that pleasure from sin, all that. It's like temporary and fleeting. And so I think it's like everyone kind of just falls into that, right? The easy path, the easy choice, the pleasurable path, the materialist path. It's like we all drift away from God and towards those that sin, that just wrong, that wrongness, that evil, whatever you want to call it. But then there comes a moment where you have to snap back and be like, I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to overcome this and you seek the Lord. Like that's when you like come to God moment. 
And are you willing to do it <laughs> or not? <laughs> most people aren't, you know, most people just keep living that they keep chasing that temporary pleasure, that temporary relief, that you know, ease, that comfort, that stuff, that security. And they don't have that moment where they return humbly, you know, as a servant of God. Um, right. And but it sounds uh, like both of you have, right? Um, we have to return over and over again. Yeah. I mean, because sin is, I mean, I don't think I sin every day, but I mean, you sin in your mind, you sin in your thoughts, yeah. you, you know, you have wrong thinking, you can be misguided. And so when you realize what, what's happened, or if you've treated a loved one a certain way, you have to run back to God and cling to him, you know, to be, to be saved and to be righted. Absolutely. <laughs> What were you going to say, Ashley? I started to forget. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's okay. It's okay. I, I worked late last night. Hmm. Um, I, I just, I'm just agreeing with everything. Oh, I also, one thing that I've learned is when you sin and when you live in inequity, continuing to live in sin, you miss out on blessings that the Lord has for you you miss out on the capability of sharing the Lord with people. If you're in a sinful relationship with somebody and then they become your focus and the relationship becomes the focus, then you have now taken away maybe something God wanted to do with you in a different area of your life yeah. because now you've idolized this relationship um, and, and that can become a problem. And I, I, I've talked to many Christians who they just look at it as if like, oh, it's all this girl. It's all her fault. It's all her problem. And it's like, well, you were involved with her for a very long time. And because of that, you didn't try to nurture another aspect of your life instead. And I just feel like for some reason, this is heavily being on me right now about just talking about you know, being sexually moral, um, it, it really does open doors to destruction and it can really get in the way of your path. Uh, the Lord has really blessed me in making my decision to be celibate. My life has only gone on the up and up. Um, I've been at the right place at the right time and met the right people. And I believe that all happened after taking that decision, after stepping out on faith and leaving a relationship where that wasn't really being respected or valued, that decision that I had made and stepping out in faith and then just um, being very blessed for that. And I'm a, I'm a testimony to that. And I think that more men need to understand it is, it is really well worth the wait. The, yep. and, and I think, yep. um, you know, wanting to save yourself for the person that you're you're going to marry is a is a gift for your future husband uh, a friend of mine who is a christian sent me a meme that said something like i the longer i stay single the more time my future wife gets to spend sleeping with other dudes and it's like that's a mentality like you know, like <laughs> you know this is a meme yeah. so millions of people have seen it and, and it's like, well, not my future husband. He doesn't have to worry about that. I'm waiting for him, you know? And uh, I think that's a, that's a beautiful thing. It's the way that it should be. And, it, and, it, and 
to, to be loved and, and to love somebody is to be authentic and to be yourself. And sex can cloud that. Sex can cloud our judgment. We get attached to people. We get caught up in their drama and all these things and we take it on. And then as a result of that, we become obsessed and it's not healthy. It's not good for us. And the enemy comes at us harder and harder and harder. I don't know how much you or your listeners know about spiritual warfare, but this is a huge entryway into demonic torment is through the people that we allow in our beds. And that's all I'll say. (laughs) (laughs) No, preach it. (laughs) No, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I wish I could see your face. Watching my mind blow, be blown. You know? <laughs> um, well, yeah, and kind of what we're talking about. Here's a here's a thought of mine for women. So here's mansplaining hour with Sean. Are you are you ready for it? <laughs> mansplaining corner. I have two thoughts um, that I have for women that sound bad in this day and age when a man says like, "Here are my thoughts for women." Right. My advice is a man for women. But I don't think women should marry any man who isn't entirely trusting in God or confident in who God made him to be. And then also, I think that any man who is unwilling or unable to wait until marriage for sex is not a good man and should not be married. Do you agree with that? Like, would that would you say that that's a fair assessment that it's kind of it's kind of both ways? It's like I'm putting the blame on men, but also shouldn't it also kind of be the women's responsibility too to not be willing to enter into a relationship into a covenant with a man that is like that i'm agreeing does that make sense (laughs) you know one of the thing i would say when i first met my husband the thing that really drew me towards him was his deep faith in god i found that so comforting and um his conviction and I felt very safe in that. And I still do. It's, it's amazing. And it's, um, it's inspiring. It's reassuring because if my faith wavers or if I, you know, I'm having a bad day, I mean, he is so perpetually just has a faith and a trust in God that leads me and has led me closer to God through him. Um, so I, I definitely, I, I definitely think that it's great. And also just dating an atheist, it's like very cynical, <laughs> what a narrow, yeah. and, and also just because I'm kind of artsy, just to think of God, as the world as a creation of God and the beauty of it. And, 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 and the fact that I don't know God, you know, what God, God is so infinite and mind blowing. It's, it's hard for us to completely wrap our mind around but how amazing and mysterious that is. And in the, in the, in the spiritual discernment or the synchronicities that you connect with throughout the day and throughout your life. And, and I just have this feeling like, yes, of course there is a creator. And, and for me, someone that doesn't believe in God at all, um, it's just so narrow-minded to me. It's just like, oh, okay. You just, you live, you die. That's it. There's nothing going on. There's no soul. There's no nothing. I mean, that's just... I mean, that's basic to me. I think that's boring and uh, bleak. And I just, I don't, I don't connect with that at all. Yeah. Yeah. When you don't put the creation and the beauty on God and you put it on yourself or other, other men and women, you know, yeah, it's like so empty. It's so meaningless. Yeah. 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 What do you think, Ashley? 
godly man. Yeah, yeah, what, absolutely. What I wrote into, like, I don't know if I've ever really been involved with an atheist. I, I, I've In the past, before really becoming more of a Christian, I've dated the agnostics, you know, and then it's just always a debate. You know, they always want to debate, which says your heart is kind of, you know, cold and it, if you're just always looking to fight with people. Um, so how much love are you able to give in a relationship if, you know, you, you just want to debate all the time? Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's bleak, too, the atheism thing. That's what I'm talking about, right? That's what you asked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, it's kind of like a similar kind of what we were talking about. But, like, because I had this discussion with a male friend the other day where I was saying if, like, a godly woman is dating, like, a not, like, a just an evil man, a man of the world. I don't think that's going to work. I don't think yeah. a woman can bring a man to God. But I do yeah. think it happens, even though it's tough, even though it's difficult. I think a true godly man could bring like a lost woman back to God. Do you agree yeah. or disagree with that? Like, that's just one of those things where it's like, I it, to me, it makes sense. But that might just be sexist or wrong or because I'm a man, I see it that way or something. But like, what would your perspective of that kind of dynamic I go be? back. I go back and forth with that. Um because there are some beliefs that, you know, a woman can bring that out of a, of a guy. But uh, I think of Ruth and Boaz and that story yeah. in the Bible and where Boaz, you know, he, he had the field. He was a boss and she was she was out there. She was working in the field. She was making a huge sacrifice. She was, you know, staying by the side of her, of her mother-in-law, um, you know, while she was grieving. And she was working and she was working. And Boaz noticed her hard work and and that they kind of came together in that way as if she was already in the field and she was already doing, I read it when I, I read it, I look at it as she was already working in the spirit. She was already having fruit of the spirit. And here he was, he, he had fruit of the spirit too, more than her because he owned the fields and that was how their relationship came. And I, I love that story, but I don't want to, I, I don't want to discredit that a woman could stir something in a man's heart, that God may put a woman in a man's path to open his eyes. God is capable of doing anything. But uh, yeah. as far as a man who is of the world and who is lusty, I mean, that's a long shot. Girl. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Let's get yeah. real here. We're not here to change men. You know, I mean, that shouldn't be, I can change him. That's not real. That's, that's not a godly thing. I don't, read in the bible anywhere where you know a, a woman changed a man from evil to uh walking a spiritual path i could be wrong i'm a bible scholar but I, I that doesn't resonate um yeah and i've i've been involved with guys who claim to be christians and who go to church and who look the part and i fall for it and we talk about that on the podcast you know i mean i I can be blinded, very naive sometimes. And I think we, we as women and men really need to practice and ask for discernment when it comes to our relationships, because yeah. we can lose time getting wrapped up in someone or something. And, you know, we need to guard our heart for sure. Yeah. And, and I, I agree. I'm, I don't think that Anybody can change anybody. Only God can change your heart. And that is, you know, what God, God can use other people to plant seeds, to witness. Um, 
I think for me personally, my husband had a huge impact on my faith. I was raised Catholic, um, had some uh, stuff happen in my teens. My mom and my brother died in a car accident and I, I walked away from God. I was very angry with God. I don't think I necessarily stopped believing in him, but I just, it just, I just walked away and, you know, lived a worldly life was an actress, very independent. Um, and then, you know, I, I was successful. I was making a living, but ultimately by my mid to late twenties, I became very disillusioned. Nothing was satisfying me. All these things in the world that I thought I wanted that would give me happiness. I thought, you know, and it, it, I just felt more empty than anything. And so I started to seek God in a vague way. Like I would pray to God, not to Jesus, but I was sort of into the new age kind of stuff, like praying, yeah. meditating, I mean, horoscopes, I was all into that, but I was still seeking. And then my husband came into my life and he said, you know, pray to Jesus. This is the real God. And um, I trusted him. And I think God brought us together, certainly my husband and I. Um, and through our relationship, I have refacilitated um, my walk with God. Um, so I think it was partially my own heart yearning for God, but not necessarily knowing how to find him. And then uh, a godly man comes into my life and helps me, gives me guidance, absolutely gives me guidance and, and leads me in so many ways. Um, so that's, that's kind of like my testimony a little bit. Um, but I don't think my husband could have come into my life and I'd been just like a hardcore agnostic, let's say, um, still career driven. And he said, let me tell you about Jesus. I mean, I think I wanted to hear about, about God, about spirituality, about, you know, what else is there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Hannah, I love, Hannah, I love that story. I love that story about you and Dusty and your, mm -hmm. I mean, cause her and I both have a similar past where we were both involved in the new age. And I, I love that Dusty pulled her out of that. That's beautiful. And it was, it was a slow process. I mean, I was still reading horoscopes and into, <laughs> I don't know, just into all that kind of stuff that's really trendy right now, you know, for years, even when I was a Christian, you know, so, you know, as I said before, it's not like, okay, you believe in Jesus and everything changes overnight. I think God knows your walk and knows what you can work on incrementally over time. So that's why I, I always say like, have grace and patience with yourself, ask God for help. But, you know, it is a slow process and it is a continuous process to, to um, become more like Jesus and to think more like Jesus. And it's like I had 30 years, basically, of otherwise programming. So, and I'm living in the world. So I'm, I'm caught up a lot, too. And you just have to ask God every day, get on your knees every day and surrender and say, I can't do this by myself. You know, I need help. And it's... It, Totally. It helps to have friends, Christian friends. I mean, having a Christian community has changed my life because you're around more people that, that feel and think and believe like you do. But if you're only around people that think contrary to you, I mean, it's, it's difficult. I think it's still important to have conversations with everybody that thinks differently than you, because ultimately we're all human. We're all struggling with the same core issues. You know, I don't think it's, it's, I don't believe that we should not talk to people that disagree with us or, think differently. I think that having conversations with people different than us can deepen our own understanding of, of humanity. So that's kind of a random rant, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. 
Um, well, I wanted to ask you some some questions. Again, everyone out there, please listen to the podcast. It's amazing. Start to finish, the way they're progressing, it's amazing. But I have some questions for you guys based on some of your episodes. Oh, okay. Cool? Yeah, so, yeah, I would, yeah, I would, I would love the feedback. Absolutely. Um, I'm just gonna get some water, but I'm still here. I'm still listening. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, is social media, or I, yeah, I guess just in, is social media or like apps, websites, um, are they good or bad for Christians to use? Like both in terms of like dating and just in their lives. I don't know about dating. Dating. Um, you know, for me, I feel as if it is the Lord hasn't put it on my heart to seek out a partner in a dating app. You know, the Lord will bring him to me when it's time. I'm not going to seek out a relationship or a man. I've done that in the past. It's never worked well for me. As opposed to other people being on dating apps, I, 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 I can't say personally. I don't, I don't think it's sinful by any means. Um, you know, um, be, I know people who've gotten married from dating apps and they've been together for a long time and they have children. And so, you know, it, it, God can use anything. Um, social media, I think social media is dangerous. Um, for our eye gates, especially we have to be mindful of what we watch. There's a lot of violence being shared in videos. There's a lot of sexual things being shared in videos and we want to be mindful of what we take in. We also want to be mindful of how much time we spend on our phones, uh, how much time that we spend on um, apps that are programmed to kind of um, jade us in a way or program our thinking. We want as Christians to focus more in prayer and on godly things, on conversations with friends, on um, things that are going to teach us the word. And of course, our Bible. Um, I, you know, I can see sometimes for me in the past, I've, I've been lost on my phone for hours of my day, you know, um, doing nothing. But I think it's important to be mindful of the time that you spend on social media and, and spend on apps, you know, the, don't worship that. Don't put that in between your relationship with the Lord and don't put that in between the relationship that you have with the people that God's put into your life too. You know, I mean, these people on the internet, you don't know them and you know, you don't and God's put and, and, and people get lost in, in comment threads and arguments. And I've been guilty of that. Uh, no judgment there, but, it's more fulfilling to spend two hours on the phone with a friend if you have that time than it is to scroll. Just my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And I never feel edified by the internet. It's just a time waster to me. And, you know, I, I, I spend as much time on the internet as probably all three of us do, you know, which is too much. I mean, you look at your screen time every week and it's shocking. Um, and to me, it's sort of like, what book could I have read? What time could I have spent with God? Um, you know, maybe I could have napped. Maybe I could have watched a really good film, you know, written something. You know, it's to me, I think it just, it just numbs you out. And it's, it just, it's just very unproductive. That's sort of what I dislike. I, I dislike a lot about social media. I don't have any personal social media. Well, I guess I kind of do now. But um, I struggle with it. It, tr it triggers me, makes me compare myself. Um, yeah, I, I just, there, there is cool stuff about it because you can connect with other people over it, certainly. I, I would never just discredit technology because 
there is a lot of benefit, but I think it's like any kind of vice. I mean, some people struggle with it more than others. And some people know how to manage it better than others. Like not everybody who drinks alcohol is an alcoholic. Not everybody who scrolls Instagram does it, you know, 10 hours a day, but some people do, you know? And so it's just about knowing, you know, how it affects you. Is it bringing out good or is it bringing out bad? Yeah, how can we hear the, the, the word of the Lord if we are constantly opening and closing apps and scrolling? I think that um, that's kind of a way to look at it too. Is I, I, I want to be able to hear God and um, not all this clutter of other people's opinions too. Because that can cloud too. Because I mean, you look at Facebook, it's just a bunch of people putting out their opinions and how they feel about things. And that can cloud our judgment if we're putting more stock into that than, you know, what God is saying to us. Absolutely. <laughs> I love that. Um, well, just, just listen through your podcast. I wanted to ask you um, what your spiritual gifts are. I've pinpointed a few that might be some possibilities. So let me know if I'm right or wrong. Um, discernment, prophecy, exhortation, faith, and stalking. Do you think like any of those spiritual gifts apply to you two uh, at all? <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was um, going to specifically, ahead. Ashley, because like um, about the, the dreams, your story is about the dreams. Do you think that you might actually have like some kind of, because I, I have a whole thing too about that. Like I never dreamed my entire life. Um, I was also a, a, what you would call a fallen soul my entire life, you know, raised by people who weren't Christian in Christian, non-Christian environments for my entire life. And it's a whole thing. You can re-listen to my story or blogs or whatever. Okay. But yeah, two I'll years ago, I, you know, God woke me up. And so I was born again two years ago. And ever since then, I've had dreams. And it wow. is like spiritual warfare and almost prophetic dreams. And I don't like sharing it a lot with people because they think I'm crazy, you know. But listening to you say that about your dreams really started to make me think more about that. And do you think that that's real or do you think we're just crazy <laughs> no. or just coincidence or something like that? Like, No, no. I think uh, I, God has spoken to people all throughout the Bible in their dreams. But what I will say is the devil can speak to you in your dreams too. Yeah. So, and that's something that um, that is being taught to me right now it's very important to discern where is the dream coming from, you know? And, and of course our, our, our psyche is in there too sometimes, but I mean, for me, some of those dreams, man, it's like, yeah, that was prophetic. There was a lesson there. There was a warning there. There was, there was something, something to that. Um, do you write your dreams down, Sean? No, but when you were talking about that, it made me think that I should be, you were talking about your dream journal and like you, you write down every dream, man. Yeah. I need to start doing that because you're I mean, right. Sometimes it is like, so I, w I wake up and I'm like, that was just this, that was clearly Satan trying to manipulate me or attack me or, you know, be th these elaborate like scenarios. And it always ends with like a choice. And then it's clearly like, do you choose Satan <laughs> or do you choose like the righteous path? Like you have two paths. And so it's almost like my dreams have become these weird like tests. And I feel like that is Satan, like testing you, you know, are you going to eat the fruit or not? Um, but then some, yeah, I mean, could just ramble all day about this. So <laughs> I'll talk about it later on, on, on my own stream and not waste your time. But yeah, just well, some, some dreams are really weird and cryptic. And I'm just like, what does that even mean? And then three weeks later, something happens and I'm like, oh, that's what that meant. But it would be nice to have written everything down 
Yeah. To really yeah, remember so this every is, detail in the moment. Yeah. This is what I. This is what you should do. When you wake up, upon waking up, just roll over, grab a note from your phone. You know, like your note. I don't know. iPhone has a note app. Just start writing it down. Um, pay attention to the how vivid the dream is, especially in regard to colors. Uh, what are the emotions that you're feeling? John Paul Jackson. Are you familiar with him? No. Look up John Paul Jackson on YouTube. He's deceased now. He died sadly of cancer oh, maybe 10 years ago, but his ministry was, uh, he, was pro he, was gift he was gifted with the gift of prophecy and also dream interpretation. And he teaches a lot about how to interpret those dreams. Uh, he has a website. It's called like unlocking your dream dictionary.com. Hang on, um, I pulled up because what he uses is, is uh, elements from the Bible that will um, that come into our dream. Yeah, unlocking, yeah, unlocking your dreams. org, I think is what it is. Um, yeah, I got some reason. I got some homework to do today. Nice. Yeah, and I'll pray for you, and I will, Sean. I will pray for you in this aspect that. that you are given uh, clarity as to what that is because. Um, unfortunately I'm not an authority on it, but, um, that is important to pay attention to hundred percent. I would say God is saying something to you. Um, but yeah, if you have to make a decision at the end, that's interesting. I've never heard that before. It's intriguing. So yes, uh, the, the dream stuff, I have been told that. And I just recently found out that if you're told that by like, Hannah, did you know this? It's in like collosions that you, if you, if three people tell you the same thing, that that could be the Holy Spirit speaking to confirm something to you in your life. Uh, no, but I've heard that kind of rule of three in regards to the Bible. So if you read one thing in the Bible three different times, it's kind of gives ultimate authority to it. Whereas if you only read it once, it's not that there's no authority in it, but it, if, if it, if it comes up three different times, then, so that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that's cool. So I've been told about the prophetic stuff because of the dreams and I think some other stuff that has happened in the past, uh, discernment. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely discernment. Honestly, there was a word there I don't know that you said. <laughs> now, what, what, what else did you say? There's one I was like, what does that mean? Exaltation? Is that what you yeah, said? Yeah, what? It, That's what like it, encouragement, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I was like, I would have to look it up to know exactly. But basically, yeah, it's kind of like encouraging people or um, being like helpful, like advice givers. I like that. Uh, Hannah definitely has that. Aw. Yeah, yeah. Hannah is very, very encouraging. I definitely believe in um, sort of the charismatic um, uh, idea of Christianity where we're, we're given spiritual gifts. Um, definitely, I think people can be teachers, discerners, prophesize, um, helpers is one, exalting. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think definitely Ashley has strong discernment, prophecy. Um, and then I've also noticed just being friends with her that the more she pays attention to it and listens to it and sort of observes it, the stronger those um, uh, uh, gifts become. So, so okay. you kind of have to use them, you know, you, if you ignore them and sort of don't think much about it, you know, it's, I think they may not necessarily go dormant, but I think if you embrace it as something like God is speaking to you with uh, and for, then um, then a lot can unfold. Love that.
<laughs> Love that. And the final final couple questions um, for you. I, so I have I have like four questions for you, and then I have a final final question, and then we'll wrap this up because I know you guys have to go. Um, but what does it mean to be someone's baby? <laughs> That's what I what does to that know. mean? That's what I want to know. I thought it. I thought it meant girlfriend. I thought that's what yeah. that was my interpretation of it. That's all I got. I don't know. I never asked for clarification. Um, I just assumed that was what it was. <laughs> yeah, that does seem to be a southern thing. Like I moved. From, I'm originally yeah. from Illinois. I moved to California, and now I'm in ten. You know, now I'm in Nashville. And I do hear that with couples a lot. And it's kind of weird. It's kind of like, uh, eesh. <laughs> like, yikes. Yeah. Are you guys like in a weird, like stuck in your adolescence kind of thing? Or is this just normal? And then when you brought it up, I was like, oh, okay. It must be just kind of normal. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think so. Because <laughs> the South will invent, they will, they will reinvent all words and terms. That's, it's the fun thing about the South is they got their own term for everything. I love it. I love it. I'm trying to really implement Southern vernacular into my, my, <laughs> my tone, my phrasing, my, my slang. I'm really trying to, trying to crack down on y'all. I need to make y'all a thing. I love it. And I keep not yeah. using it. And then uh, fixing is my new favorite one. All the guys I work with are like, I'm fixing to, to go get lunch. I'm like, that's awesome. I need to use that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, well, then it's kind of similarly, um, I wanted to ask who actually did hang the moon? Who did what? <laughs> Hang the moon. You say that term a lot. I've realized you've said that probably four or five times on the podcast. Like Me? That, that... Yeah. <laughs> I did? I do? I didn't know that. Yeah. You've, you've oh, kind of well, said like, oh, I, I, I thought wrong. this person hung the moon. I thought this person hung the moon. It's like, and I had to like look it up because I'd never heard that before. But I'm like, who actually did hang the moon? Like, is there, did someone, someone had to have done it, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, probably, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know where that comes from. That must have been something in my household that was says yeah. probably something I picked up from my mother. That never crossed my mind. That might, might not be a well-known thing. To think somebody hung the moon means you think way too highly of them. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. But it's usually supposed to be like a good thing. I think. I don't know. My mother's hard to decipher. Have you guys really never heard that? <laughs> no. I looked it up and it was like very, it seems to be very popular. Like, you're right. You're right that okay. it's a very popular Like, thing. I knew what you meant by it, but no, that's not something I've heard a ton of people say. That's funny. Yeah, I think my mother says that. I think that's where I got that from. She's in her 70s, so it's probably pretty old school. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. And, um... So I have a couple podcast, a couple last questions for you, and then like a final question. Um, but what is your podcast about? And <laughs> so, what is your podcast about? What is your goal? And what is your hotline number and the purpose of it? Hannah, take it away. <laughs> Hannah changes it on me all the time, and it, it gets better and better every time. But it's funny to me. And she's like, "Okay, new approach." <laughs> so our podcast is used. Using um, personal stories to uncover more universal truths about relationships and dating in the modern world. So um, basically, Ashley and I share personal essays, stories, um, memoir style testimonies to um, 
help counsel or give advice and encouragement to other disillusioned uh, dating people dating and even people in relationships. Um, I really believe that storytelling is powerful. You can connect to someone else's experience, even if you haven't lived it yourself and it can help deepen your own understanding of what it, what it means to walk in someone else's shoes. And I mean, for us, you know, we're in our thirties, you know, so we've lived, we've had lots of experiences in our life. Um, we've walked, um, in the world. We, we now walk as Christians. So we do feel like we have, um, a voice and, um, and, you know, and not necessarily like we're experts, but we do have, I do feel like we can kind of share what we've gone through to help encourage and, and guide uh, other people that are feeling a little lost in the world and to let them know that they're not alone. And I think what we ultimately want to do is bring people closer to God. Um, Cause our podcast is certainly for Christians, but it's for Christian curious too, spiritually curious um, we hope to, we hope that people that are not necessarily Christian can listen to our stories, realize that Christians are just like everybody else. You know, we struggle with the same things everybody else struggles with and, and to make that kind of connection and to, you know, ultimately advance the gospel and get more people to understand, um, the help and the, uh, the joy that is, you know, turning to God. Yeah, and another thing with that is I believe, uh, similar to Hannah, that storytelling is powerful. And for me, the Lord has um, done kind of miraculous things for me in my life. I've been through a, a lot of trauma, I guess more trauma than the typical person is what I'm learning. And uh, I think that the Lord is using us in this podcast as a way to get across what he can do for people who are hurting, who are going through trauma, who have been through trauma. Uh, healing is also a huge goal for us in the podcast. We want people to be able to hear the things that we're talking about and be able to relate to it and to see that this is two women who have come out on the other side of things such as PTSD, domestic violence, chronic illness, and hey, we're, we're smiling, you know, um, God is so good. And we want to share that with people and, and give them hope because I mean, I, I personally know what it's like to be in the darkest place humanly possible multiple times in my life. And, uh, you know, wondering what, where is the hope? What, what is this? You know, of course, at that time I wasn't uh, practicing Christian, um, but being so lost and I, I, I'm, I don't want other people to feel like that. And, and, and if there's any way that I can help them by just giving them hope and inspiration that, you know, you can go from this dark, dark, dark darkness and be delivered by the Lord and come into a healing, come into um, happiness and a joy. And that, that's what uh, is my personal goal for it right now is just uh, how many lives can we change? How many, how many people can we heal? The Lord can heal through us. <laughs> Working on my prod. <laughs> yeah. 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 Praise be to God. And always. Yes. All, all the praise be to God. <laughs> but you're helping bring that about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Sean. <laughs> yeah, I struggle with that. I'm, I'm really trying to catch myself because it's like you don't mean it, but you just say it. Like, mm-hmm. I did this. And it's like, well, I didn't do that. God did that through me. But it's just easier, like, in conversation to just say that. But it actually is, like, it's it's really good for you 
and just in general to say God did that through me or God is working, you know, through me to do that and kind of work that into your phrasing instead of just taking the easy slide of just being like, yeah, I did that <laughs> because yeah. of me. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. tough. That's tough. Um, Work in progress. Yeah. Yeah. As long as you're not giving up on it, you know, you're just getting better every day. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, so do you want to like, like, um, just one more time, kind of tell what people, where people can find your podcast. I, I have found it on Spotify. You're on Spotify and Apple podcast, I believe. But you also have your own website and hotline number, correct? Is the hotline yeah. number not, not, not happening anymore? No, the hotline is still right. happening. Yeah. Um, actually, our next episode, we will have a hotline caller. I think sometimes the calls that we get don't necessarily match with the theme of the show. So yeah. if we're doing more of like a serious theme, it just feels inappropriate to have a hotline conversation that's, you know, not even in the same ballpark. So a lot of it is just kind of matching the themes uh, together. So, so we've opted to not include the hotline some weeks just because it just, the flow of the episode seems better. It's more of a creative decision. Yeah. <laughs> um, but our hotline is 615-797-8228. And yeah, we just want to engage with our listeners and get them to share a breakup story or comment on the show, ask us a question. Um, it's just sort of a um, tactic to just kind of have more of a conversation with the people that um, that are listening to us and, and to just hear what other people are going through out there too. So yeah, we always have the hotline. It's 24 hours. You can just call. It, you just leave a voicemail message. Um, and then we just kind of listen to, uh, to the voicemail on the podcast and, and just give our little comments and thoughts. And in terms of where you can find us, we are I Got Dumb Podcast. And we do have a website, igotdumbpodcast.com, uh, where you can go to our podcast and subscribe to, uh, you can subscribe to us on there. Um, we are on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, um, all the more lesser known ones. Um, and uh, forgive me, I don't know what they are. Google, I think you, I think we're on Google Play or something, right? Yeah, we're on quite a few. Um, we have a blog on our website where you can read transcripts so you can get an idea of the kind of stuff that we talk about and the stories that we tell. Um, we have a YouTube channel. Uh, I got dumb podcast on YouTube and Instagram. Um, so we're at I got dumps uh, on Instagram. So we're, we're pretty active on there and we'll, we'll, we're, we're posting the content. We're doing the thing, you know, so we're out there for sure. And then you can follow Ashley um, on her socials as well. If she wants to shout those out. Yeah. I'm on Instagram at Ashley's got jokes. My YouTube channel is Ashley's got jokes. My TikTok is Ashley's got jokes. Uh, I'm not very active on on TikTok. Um, and my Facebook is Ashley Corby. And I'm on Twitter as Ashley's got jokes, but I'm never on there. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. Pointless, but. And I will say we are, um, we're pretty new. We just started releasing episodes in January. So if you check out our uh, podcast and you like it, um, we would really appreciate it if you left us a nice little review wherever you're listening to us. Cause if you're familiar with podcasts and the algorithm, it really does help get uh, more eyes on your show and it just kind of bumps you up a little bit. So I think it's, it's really helpful if you like it, tell people about it 
like, subscribe, you know, do the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ring the bell, subscribe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Well, before I get to my last final question, um, do you have any questions for me or any like comments? Yeah. Um, I, um, what is your, do, can you, can you, uh, share a little bit of your testimony? What do you think sort of brought you to the Lord two years ago? <laughs> Um, whew. I know I could probably <laughs> see. I have to. I have to find the best way to compact it into a short, the sh as short as possible. But yeah, I mean, I was just raised um, by two, you know, just two parents who ran away from the faith. So they tried to keep their parents away from God. You know, so I just kind of grew up like without discipline, without faith, without God, just spiritually broken from Him. Grew up in my thoughts, thinking I was intellectual. Went to college for a year and was a philosophy major and just got really into like thinking and really into me and my brain and everything. And then I moved out to California, dropped out of college and just partied and lived a degenerate life. Just a mess, you know, kind of just chasing pleasure, just a beast of the world, you know, and did that for a while until everything just hit rock bottom. I was addicted to drugs, addicted to alcohol, sex, porn, everything, just bad with money, lying to people, you know. I wasn't like the worst guy ever, you know, I was still like kind of funny and friendly with people, but just deep down, I just wasn't doing what was good and righteous at all. And it was leading me down dark paths and down dark roads. And, you know, not to get too depressing or weird or anything, but I just made the decision to like commit suicide. And when I finally went to go through with it, God clearly intervened in it and pulled me out. And it was just so, it was in that moment. I mean, I, I went to bed one night thinking, you know, I'm about to just, you know, kill myself. God's not real. Everything will just be blackness and empty. And that's better than where I am. You know, I'm just, I'm headed downhill. I'd rather just end it right now. And then by the time it was nightfall the next day, I was like, God is real. And wow. I have some kind of purpose that he wants me to serve. So then it was just like, what do I do? <laughs> I'm not a Christian. I've never read the Bible. I don't know Christians. My family's not Christian. My friends aren't Christian. I'm in LA and San Diego. It's not a very Christian place. But I just had this overwhelming feeling of like, God just gave me a second chance and he's definitely real. There's no denying it now. And now I have to just figure out what to do and just start, you know, step by step climbing the staircase. And so it's just been a crazy mission ever since then. He brought me to Tennessee for some reason. I'm still kind of figuring it out. I'm still speculating as to why, but he seems to just lead me in the right places at the right time and reaching the right people at the right time. And looking back on my life, it's like he kind of, I feel like God worked with me even in my degeneracy to like give me certain skills and certain, you know, experiences that would help now <laughs> in the second life, the second chance. So yeah, it's just that. And then I'm just also now, I think I'm just trying to be an inspiration for people like me, people like me two years ago, three years ago that were in that same state that feel lost. They feel broken. They feel spiritually distant. They're lacking love. They're letting their anger and their fear, you know, just destroy them. And when they start asking questions, I think God has a way of bringing them to me <laughs> or bringing me to them and just being kind of an inspiration or kind of like a lighthouse in the darkness for them. Um, so that's kind of just what I'm doing and with the streams and then just in my life, in my work, church groups, you know, every kind of little experience on the phone with um, um, customer service in Philippines the other day. And I'm like preaching the gospel by the end of it, you know? <laughs> wow. So I think there's just certain weird little ways where God just kind of leads me to the right people at the right time. And yeah, so I would say there's, that's, that's a summary. There's so much more details and stuff and personal stuff, I guess I should leave out for the sake of others that might not want to be included. 
But yeah, it was just really that. It was just being totally lost and now I'm found. <laughs> and just kind of a living example of that. But then at the end of the day, it's all God. You know, I just do think it is God working through me to do all this stuff. If it was me, if it was my call, I wouldn't even be here. You know, but God, for some reason, kept me alive and is working through me to do stuff. So, yeah, that's kind of where I am. So I'm also just like new to Christian. It's always got almost laughable moments, like being here in Nashville, where I'm like, what even is a Baptist? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, like, oh, that's what that means. Like, like uh, last year, my friends, my Christian Bible group was like, let's plan a retreat. And I'm like, what's a retreat? I don't know. <laughs> what's a sacrament? I don't know. Like, I don't know this terminology that some people who are just born and raised in the culture know about. So I have like a lot of catching up to do on some of that churchy and stuff, the church stuff, the rituals, the motions, the just a lot of the information too. Um, just rereading the Bible for the, I mean, I read the Bible for the first time ever two years ago, and now I've read it the full Bible once and the new Testament about three times. And then I kind wow. of just read scriptures every once in a while too, you know, but it's like, that. It's like, I got to catch up. I got to catch up. I'm missing out on a bunch. I need to really <laughs> talk to as many people as possible. And, um, yeah, so that well, that's <laughs> sounds like you're really on fire for God. And, and I mean, yeah. you are the kind of men that you know, millennials need, I'm assuming you're a millennial, uh, yeah. you know, and if that's not a story of, you know, like Paul, like just being lost in the wilderness and then God convicting their heart. I mean, that's, yeah, that's incredible. And I, I'm sure so many young men relate to that. They might not be where you're at now and women too, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. to me, that's very encouraging because it's, you were a worldly person that was brought out of that. Yeah. That's amazing. Praise God. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that is. I mean, and I think that's just what he's using me for is to reach out to these young, angry men. I mean, there's a lot. I come in contact with them a lot, either personally or just like viewing them. You know, young men, they're just angry, especially like young, white Christian men. You know, we just work. We seem to be attacked by the culture, attacked by peers, attacked yeah. by this and that. And our reaction is not overcoming it. Our reaction is getting angry about it or scared about it you know, and raging on the internet about it instead of kind of going to God. <laughs> it's just, it's to me now, it seems so simple and easy. Like just humble yourself and go, go to God, go to prayer, go to, you know, reach out to God with a humble heart. Um, but it's just tough because some people are so worldly. They're so used to the world. They're not, they either distrust God for whatever reason, or they just don't believe in God and they just give into the culture and, they're led astray, <laughs> but I think there's just me and people like me out there that are just being used to be injected into their lives. And it's, you know, it's a test of, of myself or people like me and of the, these people who are lost. Can you successfully bring them into the light? You know, we are called to do that. Like, can we successfully bring them into the light or I don't know. The metaphor I always, I always like to use is the lighthouse. Like the, everyone is kind of in the darkness of the world. Can you be that lighthouse there ready to guide a ship that's lost at sea into the harbor. Um, and sometimes it's tough when you're like, someone's out lost at sea and they're just like, I'm good here. You know, I like it. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. tough to not want to just swim out there and drag their boat in. But sometimes you have to kind of be willing to let them come to you. But you have to just still be that lighthouse. You have to still have that light on ready for them when they decide to come in to the harbor. Um, you can't really drag them in with you. But it's just crucial that we are keeping the light on, you know, we are shining that light out there so that when they are ready to overcome, that you are there for them to seek out. 
Some people are easier. Some people are just like, yep, I'm ready now. Let's go. Let's do this. And you're like, great. That was easy. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, and I would say, I think, you know, I had a hard time reconciling myself to a God that I worshiped, you know, growing up in the church with a very religious family that would um, take away two of my family members in one night and yeah. annihilate my family. It was extremely painful. And you, you know, so what's helped me in my walk with God is, and I would say this to, you know, any angry, um, mistrustful people who maybe believe that there's a God, but don't trust him or don't like him, because I think that's just as common as, you know, purely not believing in God is tell God how you feel. This is, it, believing in God is a personal relationship. You can tell God anything because he already knows what you think and feel. So if you feel, God, I am having a hard time trusting in you. I'm afraid you're going to do this to me again. I'm afraid I don't believe this. Show me more understanding. Like tell God your misgivings. You know, that's okay. You don't have to, to like pretend like you're all on board all of a sudden. You, you can have a relationship with him and start from that place. You know, it doesn't have to be like all or nothing all in. You know, some people have that convicting moment where you're like, everything is real about God. But for me, it, it's it's a relationship. It's it's building that faith. It's building trust. It's it's coming into deeper understanding of what God's character is and and what my character is and how He can work in me and through me. You know, so it's it's definitely you know it's it's as I've said I think a couple times in the podcast is if you feel lost and and, and disillusioned by God, tell Him that. Just yeah. tell Him that. You know, absolutely. Because even when you look at like Psalms and stuff, there's many different Psalms where uh, they are angry at God and they're like, why have you done this to us? And our enemies are approaching us and they're killing us. They're, they're frustrated. You know, it's so God knows we're human. God knows how tormented we are by the world. So it is, it is, a, it is, a, it is a walk of patience sometimes, you know, in your faith. Absolutely. <laughs> love that. I love that. Well, any, any other final thoughts, final questions? I don't think so. No, thank <laughs> you for it. having us on. This was oh, yeah. a good time. And thank you for coming on and putting up with me being so boomer about technology. <laughs> My final question is, did you have fun? Yeah. Today? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this was fun. Yeah. Love that. Yeah, yeah, it was a great time. It's good to to really be um uh, uh I, I'm, I'm, the word that's coming to my mind is provoked, but yeah, definitely kind of direct questions that really make you answer. Like what do I think? What do I feel? <laughs> like, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, I think that's good. I've learned that in podcasting is, especially I used to interview comedians and bands a lot. And so it would be a lot of like, I would just like to ask the weird questions or the silly questions and really be like, what do I, what do I want to really learn about this person? And at the end of the interviews, people would always be like, that was the best interview I had because every other interview is like, where are you from? What's your band name mean? It's like the same 10 questions that every interviewer asks. And I'm like, I'm like, do you wash your apples? <laughs> what do you, do you think straws have one hole or two holes like i kind of want to learn how you think and not really just like the the surface level stuff that you know everyone asks but 
Yeah. That's good. That's that's good. I mean, that's that'll be great for your podcast and you know, maybe this will be your ministry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm trying to make nobody it. else is doing, you know, and and yeah. the Lord is bringing people to you. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I also want to just encourage you guys and and I guess recommend my viewers out there listen to their podcast start to finish because you guys are progressing. I think you're doing a really good job, like opening up yourself. I think it's good for you guys personally, opening um, up about your lives, but also for people to hear that real people sharing their real lives with people and giving actual advice, like as real world people. Um, that's been amazing. It's been, it's really actually, it's, inspi it's inspiring. It's like making me like, okay, I, I have to make some episodes now where I'm doing that a little more. <laughs> wow, thank um, you. But I wow. like that. I mean, that's what we need to hear is not just fake phony stuff from content makers, but real life. How does this, you know, what is a real life person doing and how can you learn from a podcast you're listening to, not just 30 minutes of distractions of funny stuff or surface level conversations. So, yeah. Absolutely. I love it. I think you guys are doing a great job. So keep that up. Thank and you. everyone out there watching, please listen, start to finish. Are you on episode seven now? Six or seven? I don't know, Hannah, where are we at? Ish. Yeah, we're coming out with eight. Um, yeah. And uh, this episode coming out, we uh, new episodes come out every Monday. And this week it's Ashley's birthday. So we're going to have Ooh. a special birthday episode for her. Happy birthday. Just <laughs> I just showed my age just now. Right <laughs> yeah. When you stop not being excited about your birthday, right? That means. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I can stop being excited. I don't know why I'm like, not that. I don't know. It's just a day, you know, it's like, all right, we'll make yeah. this day a celebration. Um, but this episode is fun. We're talking about like top 10 things that I have learned that are red flags and dating. And it's, we kind of took a little bit of a, um, a, a break, a week of being silly uh, as opposed to heavy because the last episode was pretty heavy and then the next episode is going to be pretty heavy. So we just kind of want to, you know, people to recognize, um, you know, we don't take ourselves that seriously all the time. And we mm -hmm. want to make people laugh too and use joy to uh, entertain and heal as well. And I think people will relate to these red flags. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, we started this podcast talking about the similarities between stand-up and podcasting. And um, to me, I think a rule that applies to both stand-up and podcasting is be funny or be interesting. You know, so if you're not being funny, at least be interesting on stage. At least say something interesting. And I, I do think I'd like to apply that in the podcast as well. If you're not, you know, being funny, at least say something that's provoking or compelling you know, keep it, keep it interesting. Keep it compelling. Yeah. So this yeah. week we're being really funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Sweet. Follow Sean on social media at Sean B Planet. His podcast audio is on the Sean B Planet channel on Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. His videos are on YouTube and BitChute. Live streams on DLive and Twitch. Blogs, links, and other stuff can be found at SeanBlanet.com. A lot of my artwork comes from a good man and friend of mine, Timmy J. Follow him on Instagram at S-W-I-T-C-H-B-A-X. His company Mountain Folk is amazing. 
They promote artists, they create mesmerizing art, and they sell comfy clothing that helps support groups that are fighting against human trafficking. Be sure to follow at F-O-L-K-M-T-N on Instagram, as well as at M-T-N-F-O-L-K-S-H-O-P. And be sure to shop at mtn.folk.shop. This is not a paid ad. Just help good people do good things.